So, the title of my message this morning is this, okay? Are we willing to kiss? Are you willing to kiss this morning? Not Kate's handbag, no. Kate, you're going to get a bit of flack over there, I suspect. Are you willing to kiss? Are you willing to kiss? Turn to the person next to you, and so long as it's your wife or your husband, <laughs> tell them, are you willing to kiss today? I am. Cool. I want to say to you this morning, that's probably a strange title for a message. Uh, I don't think there's too many people that aren't willing to kiss, um, but uh, the title of my message is actually not a statement about intimacy, uh, though it sort of is. Really, it's, uh, the title of the message is Encouragement That We Are Willing to Keep It Simple, Saints, using K-I-S-S, Keep It Simple, Saints. Okay? So are we willing to keep it simple, saints? I'm not going to say the other word that other people often use in the word, but uh, are we willing to keep it simple, saints? Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word that comes to bring liberty and life into us. And I, Father, ask you that you would speak through me to bring transformation into people's understanding and mindsets. And that we, Father, ask that you would touch us in a very real way, deep within our spirits, by the power of your word today. Holy Spirit, breathe upon this word. Quicken it into our, into our minds. Let it transform us from the inside out so that we can start to walk out what you're asking us to do in the mighty name of Jesus. And all those who agree with that say, Amen. 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 So I, I believe that we must be a, a people who are willing to keep it simple. I don't know about you, but it's my experience that Christians are experts at taking the simple and making them very complicated. It's, it's a gift we have. It's, I'm not sure it's the Holy Spirit's gift, but uh, it's a gift certainly Christians have. We, we take the simplest of concepts that God puts out in His Word, and all of a sudden things become very, very complicated when we get in the way. Okay, now I'm talking about myself, I'm not talking about you guys, you have it all together and, and you make things so simple and, and easy, I, I'm just, I, I aspire to be like you. But I just really think that sometimes we uh, just, we make it hard, we just make it hard, you know, too often Christians turn simple things that all Christians can do into something that we start to believe that only super Christians or great men and women of God can do and we fail to recognize that because of who we are in relationship with that makes us great too. There are no ordinary Christians. Anything that God created is extraordinary. If you are born again this morning by the power of the Holy Ghost you are not ordinary. You are not ordinary. You're a son or a daughter of God. I, I struggle with that. I, I, I sometimes think about that in terms of, okay, if I stand here and say I'm the son of God or a son of God, it, it's sort of like it's a bit alien, you know. But right throughout Scripture, 
You can see it that that's what we are. We are heirs according to the promise. We've been adopted into the, the family of God. Ergo, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. God actually chose you. He specifically thought about you when He created you. He knows how you're wired together. He knows how you're put together. And He calls us His children when we commit our lives to Him. We fail to realize that we are all great because of who our God is. We talk ourselves out of doing something so natural to us and make it seem beyond our capability or our skill set. We talk ourselves out of so much that's available to us in the kingdom of God, thinking that we're being uh, righteous or holy because, you know, well, God can't use me because I've, you know, I've got this stuff all over my handbag that... Uh, that... <laughs> when... Jesus has finished it all. It's done. For instance, I think that we've convinced ourselves that talking to our family and friends about Jesus or church is something that we have to be an evangelist to do. Yet it should be as simple as any other thing that we would talk about our family, uh, to our family and friends about. The reality should be that all of us need to be willing to just keep this stuff simple. We need to just be willing to, to just step out. It's just, it, 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 this whole thing is about us being willing. Us being willing to do something. We just need to keep it that simple. Just be willing. Just be willing to do it. I think I began thinking about this because I was reading a passage out of Exodus chapter 35 and felt challenged by the Holy Spirit about what I was willing to do, what I was willing to say, what I was willing to, who I was willing to be filled with or, or who I was willing to be associated with. Because it says in Exodus chapter 35 verses 20 to 22, so the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to their tents, all whose hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved, came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. They brought all the materials needed to the, to, for the tabernacle, for the performance of all its rituals, and, and for the sacred garments. Both men and women came, all whose hearts were willing. See, the thing that we need to understand is, God needs our cooperation. We, we need to be willing to get into the game. I don't know about you, but um, I know that some of you will be like this, but some of you may not be. But um, whenever I'm sitting down uh, watching a sporting event, okay, I'm engaged, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fully hooked up with what I'm watching on TV, or if I'm there at a live sporting event, I am, I'm in the game, baby, okay. Yesterday, I was watching the V8 supercars on TV, and Jane will say, she heard me every now and again saying, you've got to be joking. 
How can you pull a stunt like that, you know, and, and things like that. Someone spears off the, off the racetrack and some plonker has, has done that for them, like just speared them off so they've avoided this major collection, collision thing. And, and I'm, I'm there, I'm sitting in there, oh, man, I wish I had my, my, my police badge then. I tell you, I just would have booked a lot of them, you know. It's just this, I'm in, in the game, I'm watching a, a, a football match, a real football match. Real football match. Okay? I'm in the game. I'm, I'm engaged with the game. I, I, you know, if I had an option, I would, I'd, I'd leap into the TV and join them there. It'd absolutely do me. But, you know, uh, I just want to be in the game. And that's the same with, with being a Christian. You've got to get in the game. This, this is something that God is asking us to, for, for our cooperation in. We need to be willing to do some things that God is asking us to do. He doesn't ask us to do these things on our own, though. He doesn't just say, okay, that's it, you go and do that, and that's fine. He actually empowers us to do the things that he asks us to do. That's why he's given us his his Holy Spirit. And we need to be filled with the person of the Holy Spirit, giving uh, every area of our lives to him every single day so that we can go out and to do the things that God is asking us to do. We can have natural conversations with the people in our world because that's what Christians do. Because, you know, I don't think there's anyone here, you wouldn't talk to your neighbours if, you, if they said hello to you. And they wouldn't, you know, they'd have conversations with you. You'd have conversations with them. How did your week go? What had happened this week? And you start to talk. It's just a natural part of conversation. Yet we clam up when it comes to the things of the Spirit or things of God. We, we, we put a zipper on our lips and all of a sudden there's no sound coming out quite often. I don't know about, you know, I'm not saying that everyone's like that. But certainly, I think that sometimes we fear stepping out in faith and, and talking about God or the things that God's doing because of what other people might think or say. And we fail to, to recognize that God is there. Come on, you can do this. I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you some words that you can speak to this person. You know, sometimes we, we're just uh, uh, starting to engage in a conversation. We're thinking, you know, right now in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, Lord, show me something. Give me something I can start to, to, to talk to this person and have a spiritual conversation with them. Is there something that you'd like me to say to them? Is What would you say to this person as I'm standing there talking? And this is all going on internally. And I'm just asking, God, what would you say to this person? And then it comes, and you just start to talk. Because the Holy Spirit gives you the words that you need to speak just by you having the, the, the willingness to get in the game and have the courage to start to speak about what God's doing in your life, who He is to you, what He means to you. And I've found more and more, especially over the last few months, that I'm, I'm now thinking about responses that I could give to people who ask me, oh, what have you got planned this weekend? Because I, I, I was, we were shopping on Wednesday. Wednesday. We went shopping on Wednesday, and the, 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 the lady at the checkout asked me, oh, what, what have you got planned for this weekend? And it caught me completely off guard. I thought, I haven't thought about it. How can I answer this? And at the, the moment was gone. Because you know how fast you go through the checkouts these days, just like lightning. <laughs> that was that. That was the checkout. So we have to start to think ahead of time and say, okay, well, if someone asked me that, what would I say? 
We need to challenge ourselves in these areas, start to be willing to get into the game, willing response to be able to have if someone asks us that sort of a question. See, the people of Israel were willing to bring their gifts to Moses for the building of the tabernacle because God has stirred their hearts and moved their spirits to do so. In other words, out of relationship that they had with the Lord because of their love for God's house, the vision that Moses had provided, he, it moved them to be willing to do a simple thing. And that was just to simply give their gifts for whatever it was that, that God had asked them to do. It's, it's not complicated. It's not hard. <clears throat> it just needs hearts that maybe are stirred and a spirit that has been moved. They were willing to kiss. They were willing to keep it simple, saints. If there's one thing I know, it's this, that Jesus was willing. He was willing to keep it simple, saints. He really was. He was willing to do whatever the Father uh, said. He was willing to say whatever the Father said. In, in John chapter 5, verses 19 to 20, it says, Jesus said this, I speak you, to you a timeless truth. I never act independently of the Father or do anything through my own initiative. I only do the works that I see the Father doing, for the Son does the same works as the Father. Because the Father loves his Son so much, he always reveals to me everything that he's about to do, and you'll all be amazed when he shows me even greater works than what you've seen me do so far. You see, Jesus had this, this knowledge, this, this relationship with God the Father that, had, because, that operated out of a position of love. He knew how much the Father loved him. And the Father is saying, this is, you know, I'm going to show you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to say. So there's this area where there's this free flow of, of what God wants to do in the world. Jesus is plugged into that. He's attached to that. He's, he's connected to that through vital relationship. And he starts to do and say the things that the Father did and was saying to him Jesus was willing you know and we see that uh, even says it in in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 9 the Lord isn't slack concerning his promise as some count slackness but is patient towards it he's willing that none should perish but all should have eternal life All, all should come to repentance Jesus is willing to heal why because God the Father is willing to heal in Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, it says, A large crowd followed Jesus as he came down from the mountainside. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt down before him. Lord, the man said, If you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. And Jesus reached out and touched him and says, I am willing, be healed. Turn to the person next to you and say, I am willing, be healed. I am willing, be healed. I am willing, be healed. See, Jesus was willing to save us. He was willing to die for us. He was willing to set us free. Jesus was willing to raise the dead and cast out demons. Jesus was willing to speak with people like uh, Nicodemus and other spiritual leaders, religious leaders at that day. Jesus was willing to be associated with the dregs of society, with the worst of sinners. Jesus was willing to be misunderstood and rejected. Jesus was willing to release the supernatural into people's lives. Jesus was willing to have his day interrupted, his schedule adjusted. The wedding at Cana, like it wasn't his time to to be revealed to the world. But Mary says to him, you know, they've gone to this wedding here and and she realizes that they've just run out of wine. And she says to Jesus, "They've, they've run out of wine. And Jesus says to her, 
Uh, Dear woman, that's not my problem. My time has not yet come. And then Mary does an incredible thing. She says and turns to the servants and she says to them, do whatever he's about to tell you. She leaned into him because she recognized that there was a lack in this area here and that Jesus could fulfill the lack. The question I have is, how did she know that he could do that? I mean, was that a party trick they did around Sunday roast lunch? or Because I'm not sure. It is the first miracle. Public miracle. I wonder what their wine cellar was like. I'm just messing with you. But I wonder, you know, what, how did she know that Jesus could do that? How did she know that? But Jesus was willing. He was willing to step out of people's comfort zones, to challenge mindsets and strongholds, to challenge beliefs, to challenge the way people thought about life. How they cha- he challenged them about how they saw other ethnic groups. Jesus was willing to give up his own agenda for the priorities that were set by his father. In the Garden of Gethsemane, in Luke 22, verse 42, it says, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me, yet not what I will to be done, but what you will. He was willing to give up his own agenda, his own, own priorities for those of the father. Jesus was willing to come from heaven into earth. In John 6.38 it says, For I've come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. He was willing to give up heaven to do what the Father had willed. See, Jesus was willing to do and say whatever the Father did or said. Jesus was willing to keep it simple. Things happen during the normal course of his day. He's, He's going from one place to another comes to this particular well and there's this Samaritan woman there. He just has a conversation with her, talking about everyday things. But he was willing to then come into this woman's world and release a supernatural encounter with God that changed her forever and the village that she was living in. Jesus walks into towns and villages and he engages people in conversations where he recognizes what the Father is saying and doing. Jesus heals, he casts out, he, he raises people to life, he speaks life, he challenges religion and he, and he uh, reveals the love and the grace and the forgiveness of the Father. A natural day for Jesus, just a normal day for Jesus. Jesus stays tapped into and aware of and conscious of and tuned into the person of the Holy Spirit. And that happens like any relationship does, through developing intimacy and connection. See, sometimes the thing we think is that we expect huge things without relationship. We expect God to do incredible things, but there's no relationship with God the Father. There was an instance in Scripture, and I can't remember where exactly it is, 
that, you know, that there's this point where Jesus turns around and says, uh, be gone from me, I didn't know you. Because there's no relationship. And these people are saying, well, didn't we cast out devils? Didn't we you know, raise the dead? Didn't we heal the sick and something? He says, yeah, but I didn't know you. This, the relationship with God is absolutely vital. It's crucial to everything that we do. Everything must flow out of relationship. We can't expect God to do incredible things if we've got no relationship with him. How can we you know, start to, to do what the Father say, does or say what the Father says? It's through relationship. Let me explain it this way, okay? When I first met Jane, okay, we didn't know a great deal about each other. Okay? We didn't know how each other thought. We didn't know what we believed. We, had, uh, we didn't know what made us laugh or, or love or, or anything like that. You know, we, uh, we didn't know it, what each other's dreams were. We didn't know the fears that we had. Uh, we didn't know each other, how each other reacted or responded to certain situations. Uh, uh, but over the course of time and working on our closeness together, as we talked and we spent time with each other, we learned to laugh and learn and love and listen and live as a husband and wife, as best friends together. It was only over the process of time together that we were able to know how the other person was, was doing simply by a look. Trust me, I can tell by a look. In a good way too. In a good way too. I, can, I, I know how Jane is feeling by looking at her countenance, looking at how she is. I can tell when she's doing well and when she's struggling. Why? Because we've spent time together. And that's how it is with Father, Son and Holy Spirit. They know how each other ticks because they're in relationship with each other. They've spent time together, so they communicate at a high level with each other and are able to discern what each other is saying and doing. We can do the same with God. We can do the same, church. Turn to the person next to you and say, I can do that. I can spend time with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and I can know what he's saying and I can know what he's doing because I've got a relationship with him. And it's out of that relationship that we start to recognize more and more what he is saying, what he is doing and partner together with that to see what he wants released through us. It's an exciting thing to know that you can have a relationship with God, that you can get to know him intimately, closely, vitally, and that if we're willing, we can actually start to have him work through us. We just need to be willing to kiss. Don't overthink it. Whoa, you wouldn't know, you know, this week's been a really bad week. You know, I... I, I broke the speed limit 27 times this week. It's terrible, terrible, just terrible. It was just horrible, you know. And we discount ourselves. And God's saying, what? Now, I'm not saying he's not saying, saying that we, we need to break the law and stuff, but I think that we discount ourselves over some silly stuff. 
And all God wants us to do is say, I mean, if you're in, if you're doing this, God, I want to be a part of this. I, I want to reach my world for you. And we just need to keep it simple. We just need to keep it simple. If we make the effort to spend time with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we'll be able to discern what He says or what He's doing and then partner it together to see the world change. We just need to keep it simple. The disciples were willing to kiss as well. They kept it simple as well. You see, God used uneducated and untrained men to change the world. In Acts 4.13, it says, The members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the Scriptures. They recognized them simply as men who'd been with Jesus. See, this uneducated man, Peter, a few days before, had stood up in front of a massive crowd and said, this is not, uh, these guys are not drunk as you suppose. And he starts to quote Joel and he, he starts to give this very eloquent, very God-inspired, anointed talk to this crowd and 3,000 people get saved. Why? Because he kept it simple. That's all. He just said what God was saying to him at the time and he just allowed the Holy Spirit to, to speak through him. A few days after the day of Pentecost speech, Peter and John are about to go into the, the temple and they see this cripple at the door. They, they reach down and, and, and they, they heal this cripple. Why? Uneducated, untrained men, hadn't been to the, uh, the, the, the school of healing to learn how to do that they just trusted God they took God at his word and sometimes you know if I can just speak into this this whole thing just for a minute okay sometimes when we're praying for someone we think the healing is going to depend on how well we pray and it's got nothing to do with how well we pray hello it's got to do with, be healed in Jesus' name. How are you feeling now? She's wonderful. She's healed. Praise God. But we think it's, it's got to do with the eloquence of our words, the, uh, how, how many syllables we can get into one word. Uh, we, we think of, you know, if I can get a Z and an X in the same word, in the same sentence, that's going to be a fantastic, God's going to answer that prayer, surely. <laughs> But it's not. It's just in the simplicity of faith. He says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He didn't say pray for the sick while you're doing it, did he? I'm going to play with your heads a bit. Because we've got this religious mindset. And all we need to say is, you know, like, so, so what's the problem? Well, I've got this pain. And it really started about 16 weeks ago when I, I sort of like did this. No, 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 no. Let's not elevate the problem above what God wants to do. Okay, what's the problem? Let's pray. I've got a backache. Let's pray. Okay, lay hands on the back. Lord Jesus, would you come and heal this back in the name of Jesus? How does that feel? Well, it feels a little bit better. Okay, let's go for some more. Father, I bless what you've already started. Thank you for what you're doing. I ask you to continue this healing. How's that feeling? Well, it feels really warm. Father, 
Continue this warmth. Continue what you're doing here right now. How does that feel? Well, it's, it's not completely better, but you know what? It's getting there. Well, Father, just continue. Just together. If there's no change after a while, well, let's believe that God's going to continue right, right throughout the day. Okay? And we bless them, and off they go. That's not hard. You just, a quick question. How are you feeling? What do you need prayer for? Okay, let's pray for that. I need financial breakthrough. Father, we pray for a financial breakthrough. I am aware, Lord God, that you are the, the blesser of us. You, are, you, you, you pour out your, your blessing upon us. I'm favored. Your blessing is on our lives. I release blessing into this person's life. I, I cut off every assignment of the enemy that stops the flow of blessing in Jesus' name. We're going to believe together for a breakthrough in your life. You need to check your, your bank account right now. Well, I mean, you know, come on. Why not? You're very quiet this morning. Are you okay? You're very quiet. Okay. <clears throat> here's, here's something for... The other, so we've got untrained, uneducated people, but then, our, then we've got professors. We, we've got bachelor degrees and, and doctorates, okay? See, because in Acts 23, verse 6, Paul, the apostle Paul says, Paul realized some members of the high council were Sadducees and some were Pharisees. So he shouted, brothers, I'm a Pharisee, as were my ancestors. He's, a, he's a, one of the religious elite. So whether you're completely untrained, unskilled, or you're a rocket science scientist, a brain surgeon, or a professor or a doctorate, God can use them all. Because, see, this well-educated and, and well-connected man was used by the Holy Spirit to perform unusual miracles. People brought handkerchiefs and aprons to him, and, and, and he touched them, and, and those, those things healed the people. He cast out demons. He raised a man to life after this man fell out of a window whilst he was preaching, and when he hit the deck, it killed him. But Paul goes downstairs, lays hands on, his, on this young man who's fallen out of the tree because he's fallen asleep while he's preaching, raised him to life, goes back upstairs and continues preaching. Anyone want to be raised from the dead this morning? It doesn't matter where we are on the spectrum of knowledge or, or, or influence or anything like that. God will use us all if we're willing. If we're willing. It's that simple. It's that simple. No matter who we are or what we do in life, we're, whether we're ordinary and plain or a professor, a rocket scientist or a brain surgeon, God can and will use us if we are simply willing. Turn to the person next to you and say, God can and will use me because I am willing. God can and will use me because... I am willing. So the question becomes, how are we going to kiss? How are we going to keep this simple? How willing are we to 
position ourselves where the Holy Spirit can stir our hearts and move us? How willing are we to hear from God and then to step out in simple trust and, and obedience? Something about God and his house had touched the people of Israel, so much so that they came willingly to give in to it. They came because their hearts were touched and their spirits were moved by what God wanted to do. They had had an encounter with God and their hearts would be touched in such a way that they were willing to do whatever it was that needed to be done. Have we had an encounter with God that settled the issue forever and a day? That's it, I'm in. I'm willing to do whatever it is that God is going to do. Have we had an encounter Are we going to have ongoing encounters with God where we say, Lord, I'm in in this. I'm in this. I'm not not going back. I'm not turning my back on this anymore. I'm not going to walk away. I'm not giving up. I might be frustrated. I might be a whole heap of things. I might be uneducated. I might be totally educated. I might be untrained. I might be fully trained. But Lord, I am in this because I've had an encounter with you. I know that what your Bible says, the word of God says is truth. And because your word is true, I'm going to base my walk upon it and step out and I'm willing to do what you're asking me to do. That means taking opportunities as they come. So we might be moved from complacency to caring. We might have moved from mental assent to meaningful activity. We might move from reluctance to actually relishing an opportunity. We might be, move from being a spectator to being a participator. I, th- I, I, th- I, I struggle to... to my, well, that's not true. My heart goes out to people that have settled to just watch. I, I can't think of anything more frustrating... And more demeaning than to stand on the sidelines, watch everybody else see amazing things happen and believe that it is just my lot in life just to watch. That is a lie from the enemy. God wants us in the game. God wants to do things through every single one of us, regardless of age, education, sex, marital status, whatever. God wants to use us to be able to release his kingdom into our community. God wants to use you, church. He wants to use you. And all we need to do is to be willing to kiss. We just need to be willing to keep it simple. Not overcomplicate the issue. And you might say, well, I don't know God's word enough. It's okay. The Holy Spirit is there to guide you and lead you as you speak. Jesus has done so much in us already. Now he wants to do so much more through us. Are we willing to challenge our vulnerabilities? Are we willing to challenge our weaknesses? Are we willing to leverage our strengths, our abilities and our gifts in life? Are we willing to live, to really live for God? To take what he says in his word as being truth... And to step out based upon it. And to do what God's word says. We are filled with the Holy Spirit. 
And we just need to step out. Are we willing to step out and to keep it simple, saints? God will use us wherever we are. He will use us. And as he does, he will, we will change. Our faith will grow and soar. We'll have a deeper reliance and trust upon who he is and what he can do the more we step out and are willing to step out of our comfort zones. Sadly, our comfort zones have become brick walls and prisons in which we limit what God can do in and through us. And God never intended us to live in a prison. Too often we've made walking in the power of the Holy Spirit something that only super Christians can do. Yet the reality is simply that the Holy Spirit uses and works through people who are simply willing. Are we simply willing this morning? The Lord will use people who are simply willing to trust him and to do what he says or, or say what he says. It's not hard. We just need to be simply willing. God has done something powerful in my life over the last few months. I believe Abba Father has stirred my heart and moved my spirit. I've got a passion for his presence. I want to encounter Jesus and I want to release an encounter into the lives of the people around about me. I'm tired and done with powerless living. I believe that the, the gospel of truth is a gospel of power. I want to see God confirm his word by the signs, wonders and miracles that he can perform. I've been praying for opportunities to speak about Jesus in my every single day, in my ordinary life. I've been praying for the ability to see what God's doing and to hear what he's saying and then to partner together with him. So it comes as no surprise to me that this week, this week I had a couple of opportunities to talk to a couple of people about spiritual things. First instance was on Thursday, my day off. I was getting the house ready uh, with Jane to, uh, for our open inspection that we have this afternoon. I was doing some blower vacuuming out of my carport because there were some leaves and junk in there. So you do what every good, clean, living Christian is. You blow it out onto the street. <laughs> it's not my junk. So I'm, I'm there with a blower vac. I'm going for it. I see my neighbor across the road because we live on a, a T-junction. Like he's up, up uh, a little bit on, up to the right-hand side. And I give him a wave and he says, hey, how's it, how's it going with the, uh, the sale of your house? And like we're yelling across the street, like across the intersection. So we thought, hey, why don't we make it a bit easier on the old vocal cords? We'll get together. We don't have to yell, okay? So I walked over to him. We're standing in the middle of the street and we're having this conversation. And suddenly he starts to tell me what's, what, what's going on in his world. Some of the stuff that's happening, is, it's, not, it's not nice. He's, he's going through a really, really difficult patch. And he knows that I'm a pastor. He knows that I'm a Christian. So I said, would you mind if I just prayed for you? He said, yeah, that'd be fine. I'd love that. Right there in the middle of the intersection and just outside of our house, I laid hands on him and began to pray with him. Jane, I didn't know this, but Jane's up in our, our bedroom, which is because we live in a two-story house. She's looking out there and she said, well, what's, what's Gary? The, you know, and she's looking out there. There's Gary praying for someone in the middle of the street. Cars are going past us and just how, It's easy. You just need to be willing. I'm not super educated. I just trust him. What's going to come out of it? I don't know. I don't know. But I'm praying for him. He knows I'm praying for him. 
two hours later. I'm standing at the front, and I know that the post is going around doing his rounds. So I saw him go up the street, go down the street, then he's going to come back down past our place. So I'm just waiting there. I thought I'd just save me the trip of opening up the letterbox and he can give it straight to my hand. So he pulls up onto the driveway, switches off his bike. <laughs> this is another opportunity. His name's Digby. <laughs> oh, Douglas. Sorry, his, his name's Douglas, but he likes to be called Digby. Diggs. Diggs. I beg your pardon. Okay. I'll get the story right shortly. <laughs> I missed the look. <laughs> but we had this conversation. And he's talking about stuff that he's seen on this documentary on TV. He's searching. He's searching for spiritual answers. Because he's talking about the devil's table in some documentary that he's seen where the circumference of this great big thing that he's seen is like 30 meters around. So this tree is like over six kilometers tall and stuff like this. And, and, and he's just talking about what he's seen on this documentary. And he says, what do you think about that? And we just began to have a talk about creation, you know, and, and things like that. And I, I was talking to him about Adam and Eve. I said, you know, it's just amazing what God can do. Because he's, he's talking about bees and how they make this, uh, this honeycomb. And it's got the hexagonal thing and it's got the honey inside of it and, and the whole deal. So I just talked to him about, you know what? God actually gave us the responsibility of caring for our world. But man abdicated that responsibility because of the fall in creation. Because God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And he said, you guys can multiply, uh, take dominion over this land. And I said that outside of the Garden of Eden, it was chaos and darkness. And what God wanted to do was for Adam and Eve to multiply and to start to take that, the kingdom of God, extend the kingdom of God and the influence of the kingdom out into the chaos and the darkness. He said, you're very open-minded for a pastor, aren't you? I said, mate, I'm praying for you. And I smacked him with my post as a sign of affection. Because that's what guys do. That's what guys do. We're, just, we're affectionate people that way. But I said, you know, I'm going to be praying for you. Start up his bike. Off he's going. I know that there are other people in this church that have spoken to that posting. God's got his number. It's just a matter of time. It's not hard. It's not hard. And I would suggest that the majority of the conversations that you're going to have about God, people already know that you're a Christian, a believer. If they don't know it for a fact, they're going to suspect it because there's something different about you. It's not hard. We just need to be willing. Why do those conversations happen? I'll tell you two reasons. Number one, God is willing to reveal his love to the people in this world. Number two, I was willing to step out and willing to speak up about what God was doing in our world. You're the same. You've got two of those, one of those points already covered. God wants to reveal his love. Number two is, you have to settle in your heart. Are you willing to speak up and to reach out? Let's stand. As I was um, in preparation this week for this message, 
at the early morning prayer meeting on Wednesday morning, <clears throat> I felt God wants to heal high blood pressure this morning. If you have or have been diagnosed with high blood pressure, I want to pray for you this morning. I felt God, I spoke to, to Jenny and, and Tony who were there that morning. Um, and I asked them both if they got high blood pressure. They said no. I said, well, it might be me because I do. <laughs> so I'll be praying for myself for a start. But I also believe that there are others here maybe that God wants to heal of high blood pressure this morning. So if you have high blood pressure, I, just, I want to pray for you um, when it's an opportune time. Is there anyone here that maybe that, that applies to? Has anyone here got high blood pressure I can pray for? Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release your presence into these lives and bring down the high blood pressure. Father, open up arteries and veins, capillaries for the free flow of blood that there is no longer any high blood pressure in these people. Father, I pray that you'd heal them in the name of Jesus and me, in Jesus' name, right now. Thank you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Thank you, Father. I, 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 I want to ask you this morning. Are you willing? Do you want to get in the game? I'm not going to make this a long and drawn out older call. That is the question. This morning, if you want to say, Yes, I'm willing. I want you to put your hand up because I believe that God wants to pour out a dispensation of greater courage and boldness that you're going to see a greater level of effectiveness born of the Holy Spirit this morning to say what the Father's saying and to do what the Father's doing. Are there people here this morning you're saying, yes, I'm willing. My hand goes up. I want this. Father, in the name of Jesus, you say every hand that's raised here this morning. Father, I pray that you'd pour out your spirit upon every person here, over every one of us, Lord God, that has got our hand raised. Father, would you use these people as they step out in simple faith, uncomplicated faith, a simple reliance and trust in who you are to bring transformation and the kingdom of heaven here on earth and to release it through these people in Jesus name I pray Father thank you for it today whilst everyone's got their head bowed and eye closed is there anyone here maybe you know you, you're not walking with, with God you know, you know you've never invited Jesus to be a part of your life but this morning you may be Someone's brought you along or you've, you've heard about the church and you've come to just check it out. But you've never invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life. And this morning you feel that that's what you need to do. You recognize that he is just an amazing person that has given his life for you. He died for you. He took the penalty, the punishment of your sin on his body when he hung on a cross. But the good news is death couldn't hold him down. That on the third day, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he was raised to life and is now seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession on your behalf right now. Jesus is praying for your salvation this morning. 
Is there anyone here, you've never invited Jesus into your heart, but you say, this morning, I want to do that. Can you put your hand up? I'd love to pray with you and see this amazing moment in your life begin to transform you. Is there anyone here? Just put your hand up nice and tall so that I can see it. Father, I thank you for your presence today. Bless your people. Encourage your people in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks, Haley.